A lot has happened since last week's podcast, both in um, kind of our world from what the far right perspective and also um, in the wider running world. I think it would be amiss if we didn't uh, mention the London Marathon, which happened this weekend, uh, just gone. And I wanted to open the show. We're going to talk a lot about all the positives of the London Marathon. But of course, there was the sad news uh, that came out on uh, on Sunday uh, that uh, a London Marathon participant um, at the time of us recording, the, the name had not been uh, released, just that it was a man aged of 36, collapsed two miles from the finish line and, and sadly lost his life. Um, I think uh, a stark kind of reality of some of the risks of marathon running um, and, uh, and and condolences and love sent to, sent to his family. Um, I didn't want us to start this episode uh, without without mentioning that because we're probably going to talk throughout the podcast today about some of the happy memories of London. So let's not let's make sure we don't forget um, uh, that as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Series 8, Episode 6 of the What the Fartlet podcast. My name is Rob. And I'm Matthew. How are we doing, Matt? You all right? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, mate. Bit of a bit of a topsy turvy week that everyone's well aware of, so we won't, we yes. won't go go into it in too much detail. I'm sure it'll come out as we chat, but um, but yeah, bit bit bit, bit of a crazy one. I think uh, it's been. It's, I alluded just then about how it's been a a, a pretty um uh, action packed week, not just with the London Marathon, a lot of other races taking place. We've got an absolutely bumper roll call coming. Not to steal your thunder when you're about to give us a rundown of what's happening today, um, in just a moment. But also, I think from a podcast perspective, we turned two. You did. We did. That, that was that exciting. That came around without uh, without warning, didn't it? We we forgot, didn't we? We <laughs> passed we passed fifty thousand episodes. Yes. Also, that's that's just amazing, mind blowing. Fifty thousand episodes. Oh yeah, fifty thousand downloads. Fifty thousand, fifty thousand. Oh god, it's been one of them weeks. Um, yeah, very exciting, isn't it? We've um had loads of good stuff from a podcast perspective. Um, happening. Very, very humbled and grateful. Thank you to everybody. I know I think we said it in a video, but not everybody's on the social media might listen. So, uh, just wanted to go on record say if you are one of those. Or one or a hundred of those uh, 50,000 listens to this podcast then uh, thank you so so much for supporting us um, we're very grateful um, and we're going to keep making them nonetheless today Matt uh, like I said a bit of a um, bit of a mad week for me but the show must go on so why don't you tell everybody what we are up to today my friend yeah like like you mentioned it is a packed show uh, talking about how our weeks in running's been uh, an awesome awesome chat you, you're not going to want to miss this with uh, with Joe, Jolene, Jodie, Jodie Five Chips, whatever you want to call her, but an awesome chat with our Joe, uh, Jodie Evans. Um, just gonna <laughs> get your tissues ready and, and yeah, just can't wait for you to hear that. Uh, and then we'll go on to the part run chats with Ben and Emma uh, and they discuss London and, and the cheering and everything they got up to down in the capital. Uh, and then a bumper roll call, obviously, to suit the London Marathon at weekend, plus other races that have been going on around the country. 
I'm probably worth shouting out, Matt. Um, Joe mentioned this to me that I uh, Jody Five Shits probably has been men- is going to be mentioned about five times in this podcast, <laughs> um, including in the intro that I do. And it was only after we finished recording that Joe was like, "You've not told anybody why you call me Jody Five Shits." <laughs> so um, just just to add some context, Joe, myself, and Ben went to one of the first times we uh, we, we we met and hung out was we went to Jewsbury 10K. Uh, Jordan was there as well, good old Moti. And what? Oh, he got a shout out. Yes, he did. Sorry, yes. I didn't quite, I didn't quite hear that. Um, uh, and uh, and Joe went for and, and so anyway, Jewsbury ten k. We all went in a car together. It was one of the first times that we'd all hung out. Um, and uh, and Joe went to the toilet in both advan- in preparation and um at celebration, I guess maybe of, of the ten k itself. <laughs> uh, no less than five times in the space of four hours, and every single time it was it was for a poo. Um, and it was uh, it was it was bookended at the very end by we're sat in Costa and uh, somehow we, we sit down and we start drinking the coffee and she just bolts up and runs the toilet. And we all just looked at each other like, again, how has she got anything left in her? Um, so that's my way of embarrassing Joe. That's why she's called Jodie Five Shits. So just, just there you go. It's not it's not the best story. It's actually quite mean. She's good. Um, she's gonna love and adore you for telling that story. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've told it on the podcast before. But if you're new to the podcast, uh, you might not know the history of Jodie Five Shits. And that is it. But joking aside, <laughs> it's uh, it's a great it's a great episode, uh, a great interview. Sorry with Joe. Um, she's amazing and uh, she's been through so much and very happy that we've been able to give her a platform to talk about it because i think it was important that she did and you are going to love it um so yeah but before we do that matt how's your week been uh, it's been pretty quiet to be honest with me. uh tapering's going well i could tell you should say, you would mm, say. <laughs> yes tell me about tapering matt because i think you've misunderstood tapering as a concept haven't you yeah tapering's like when you when you reduce your mileage isn't it Mm, yes. Now, whilst whilst I am not arguing that technically 20 to zero is a reduction, I, I can accept that zero is a reduction from what you were doing before. But I don't think that's what tapering means. <laughs> In theory, I'm kind of tapering, so I'm not running as many miles as I were before, but I've, I've done none. I said none, but I ran to work uh, the other day, yesterday, that was Monday. Right. So last week, I did, yeah, I did none. none. <laughs> <laughs> you were so, doing yeah, t- so well. Tapering, I'm tapering. I'm ta- a bit You're tapering. not. You're not. That's- You're just not running. <laughs> I ran seven miles to work yesterday. Um, okay. So that, 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 that's kind of, that's kind of. Tapering. Okay. <laughs> I keep saying tapering. Tapering. <laughs> I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Um, I've got a niggle with my knee though, so I don't know if it's like maranoia setting in or if it's actually a niggle or what. I don't know, but uh, it I'm feels. Sure it doesn't feel like maranoia. It feels like you're making excuses for why you can't be asked going out for a run. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going out for a run tomorrow though with uh, with uh, Laura Blackwell. You are, Blackwell. and it will you uh, the day of the podcast being released. So uh, you can talk all about it together. Um, mm-hmm. How are you feeling about uh, Yorkshire? Ten, ten days out? Uh, it's ten days. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you started tapering too soon, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good, good laugh. Um, enjoying, going to enjoy running with JP. I'm going to enjoy you, you being there at the finish and you running your race. And maybe I think we might be having another guest coming with us uh, to join us. Um Simon may be coming as well. 
Yes, uh, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good day out, I think, and I feel quietly confident that we'll get round in sub four. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, cannot wait. How, how's your week been going and running, mate? And uh, how are you looking forward to your ten miler in York? Um, yeah, good. Thank you, mate. I, I, again, I mean, I've been making fun of you for not running, but I've not, I've not run since Sunday. Um, it's Wednesday we're recording, but I've just started a new job and, and well documented with recent bereavement in the family as well as probably made it a little bit, um, uh, put it on the back burner a little bit. I'm going to try and get out for a run tomorrow and then we're going out on Friday with, with Ben. Um, mm-hmm. So not, not that I'm not that I'm willfully not running, but I think I've just had some other stuff on my mind. But up to Sunday. Yeah, um, really good. I think there is a little bit of apprehension kicking in about the 10 miler. I had a bit of an A goal for the 10 miler. Um, in terms of pace and time that I ran Aintree 10k on Sunday. And whilst I was really happy with how I did at Aintree, um, it, it made me think I don't quite know if the pace that I want is sustainable over 10 miles at the moment where I am. So just a bit, just a bit of a reevaluation. It's nothing to get down about or worried about. Um, I, was, I wasn't going to do the 10 miler up until a few weeks ago when I got my arm twisted by you per a Keith. So, um, <laughs> so I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. Um, but Aintree itself was great. Um, uh, I ran a time that I was very happy with. Um, I ran consistently. Uh, got to see a load of pals as well, which was great. Um, yeah, it was good. And then I, I got to do a part run with Sammy on Saturday. That very rarely happens. Uh, Paul was very kind to watch the kids for us. So it's it's been a, it's been a good week. It's just real life's put running on hold for a couple of days. So I'm hoping to fix that um, in, in in the coming couple of days. Nice one, mate. Yeah. You smashed, I, I, think, I think you smashed the entry. You, you wanted that thought forty. You wanted that turf forty-six in at the start of your time, and you smashed it, mate. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to see what you can do in at, at York as mm. well. Um, yeah, and, and, and then a ten k calendar coming up as well after that. So yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I did a bit of volunteering as well at, at, at entry for run through. To, you, run through. you did, you did. You yeah. know, it was dead funny. So we were yes. at entry, we were at entry, right? And um, of course, it's a race course, and there's a grandstand, and um, the event village. If you've never been, it's a run through event, pretty standard stuff. But they have the event village on the concourse in front of the grandstand. Mm-hmm. And so what a lot of runners do is they go up into the grandstand so they can have a sit down while they're waiting to start the race. And the um, uh, the registration desk where Matt was positioned, handing out bibs, uh, was to the left of the grandstand. And there must have been no no less than four occasions where somebody came up to me and was like, and who knew, had seen you and knew where you were, where you were, mm-hmm. because we were up in the grandstand looking down on you, uh, asked me the question, is Matt, where's Matt gone? And every time it was just that someone tall was stood in front of you. <laughs> yeah cheers, cheers for that. i'm not exaggerating like, honestly i think donna asked me twice um i'm pretty sure nadine mentioned it and i think andy bradley said it when he showed up I what like, i thought he was gonna what i thought he was gonna mention in this story is the fact that when, when i got offered the uh the, the role of uh giving out bid numbers and and, re- and registering runners that when i was given my own vest to put on i put it on inside out <laughs> oh yeah you did yeah, yeah, that was funny. And then at the end of the day, when I was signing off, I, I tried taking a vest off and I couldn't get it off. I got tangled in. <laughs> Classic tidy dancer. Uh, what an embarrassment you are. And then Donna brought you half a bucket of KFC to eat while you were handing out medals. Um, yeah. Just a just a consummate professional, aren't you? <laughs> I don't mess about. 
you don't mess about, mate. Um, and that's it. That's my week. So yeah, looking forward to awesome. um, uh, hopefully maybe us getting out on a run this weekend as well. That'd be nice. And then it's it's all guns blazing, ready for um, for Yorkshire ten mile. Yes, awesome. Cannot wait. Do you know what? Do you know what else I can't wait for? Look at what's that? To find out what Statman John's advertising. Oh, piss, piss off with this fucking bit segment. <sighs> We're just gonna roll it. Just play the damn clip. Daddy's home. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm at your mum's house, and uh, yeah, anytime you want to come round, come and have a sit on my knee. You're welcome. Daddy's here. Um, evening or morning or afternoon, ladies, gents, Emma. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, oh, well, just turning on the little light switch. Match mum likes it dark. Don't know why I like the light on to see that body. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about something I've been sent. So, I've, I've never seen this before. It, uh, fantastic, comes in a little plastic pack. It's called Bacon. I've uh, followed the instructions. Um, you put it in a frying pan, you can do the oven, probably do an air fryer. <laughs> Hashtag hip. Hashtag down with the kids. Um, I chose the frying option in a pan, so I sizzled it. Didn't take too long, took it out, and I've eaten it. Delicious. Uh, there's a bit of the edge, not keen on that, but very, very nice. So this is to eat. Um, bit of meat, bit of sausage. Well, it's not sausage at all, actually. Uh, salty. And uh, Matt's mum loves a bit of salty meat in her mouth. And I'll tell you what, so do I. Um, really nice. Quite simple. You can get this in any supermarkets and lots of other places, actually. I'd probably stick to the supermarkets. Uh, average price, about £2. Bloody hell, costly. Make me sick. Um, but, yeah, I'll get a review. So type in bacon... It's the old mouse. Let's have a look. Oh, my buddy, my buddy, he's at the top. He's, oh, no stars. Uh, at little runner boy Rob. No, why have you put that? I, uh, I'm a vegan. I don't eat pig. Oh, oh God. What's he talking about, pig? Why? Why? Why is it being bacon? Bacon isn't pig. Who's 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 pig? I'd never, I'd never eat a bit of pig in my life. I'd never. My bloody old friend Charles, he's a pig. You must be feeling pretty smug right now, Matt. Why why, why would I be smug? It feels like Statman John has maybe got a little bit of comeuppance. Yeah, but it, it's just, it's still, it's still on about my mum. Well, he is still on about your mum, but he just threw up. Yeah. I'd, t- I'd like, take the win. I, I, I like you getting zero stars as well for the review, but can you zero star Statman John banging my mum? That's a thing, Matt. I don't. Where would I put the stars? I don't even want to know. Where would I record it? 
if you want me to go on social media and start talking about Slapman John and your mum, then I will do, but I didn't think you wanted that. <sighs> That's pretty let's funny. Get, let's, let's, let's just get on with it. Oh, all right. Let's God. get serious for a bit now. God, you're that grumpy, you. Right, okay, let's get serious. I think it's time to have a chat with Joe, innit? It is, yes. Um, free warning, folks. Uh, this one is emotional. Um, it was emotional for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, we recorded together face-to-face. Um, we've kind of been there and around Joe for a lot of the journey and, and the battle that she's been through. Um, it's a longer one, so uh, just be, be prepared for that. Um, we talk, of course, about her running journey, which is great in itself. Um, but then we do get pretty deep and pretty honest about um, her diagnosis and subsequent battle to overcome cancer. Um, I know that her purpose in doing that was to um, raise awareness, um, maybe to help on a personal level as well with starting to share and unburden herself with some of the struggles and um, the difficulties that she's been through. Um, I just want to go on record to say thank you to Joe for being so honest, for allowing herself to be vulnerable and for trusting me um, to take care of her through that interview. Um, I hope I did a decent job of it. I hope that you guys um, see this for what it is, which is just a, a really open conversation about a very important subject um, um, with someone that, that we all care about very, very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to you guys having a listen to it. I think we should stop me flapping my gums, Matt, and Maybe go and have a chat. Yeah, man. Yeah, I can't add anything to, to, to that, so let's just get on with it. Let's do it. So, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and since we started this podcast, we have tried to make some noise about this horrible disease that claims the lives of so many. However, a year ago, everything got a little bit more real when one of our own was herself diagnosed at the age of just 40. Now, today's chat is not just about the C word. My guest has an awesome running story in her own right, a multi-time marathon finisher and a big part of our online running community. We are going to explore all of that. However, her strength and endurance to face and overcome her battles over the last 12 months have become an integral part of her story as well. And I know that she wants to use this platform to spread some important messages. You might know her as Now Then Mardi Bum, who became Now Then Mardi Boob. You may know her simply as The Storm. I know her as one of my best pals in the whole wide world, Jodie Five Shits, <laughs> Jodie Evans. How are we doing? Thanks for that, Rob. That was a really nice introduction until that last sentence. Until the end. Um, how are we? You okay? I'm good. I'm actually really good. Face, face to face as well? Yeah, face to face. Yeah, good. Yeah, it yeah. took us a little while to get this one booked it in, It has. Hasn't it? We've gone back and forth, but we're here now. We're here. That's yeah. all that matters ready to go um we've got loads to talk about haven't we uh we did a little bit of a preamble before we started we don't want to make this just about your journey with cancer as important as that is to you we want to talk about the running as well yeah um so let's just let's let's hit it chronologically let's go back to the beginning like we always do talk through everything will come out as it comes out yeah does that work for you sounds good perfect right so for anybody who might not know about you talk to me a little bit about how your running journey started how did you first get into into running so I've always been into sport. It's always been like a big part of my childhood. My mum and dad, have, it's, it was always on the telly growing up. So at school, I always played football rounders, was like captain of the football team and rounders team. I think 
when I think about it now, because I've got an older sister who's eight, and she sort of took the academic route. Mm-hmm. So I think I was in the sporty category. I fell yeah. into that one. Yeah. Um, so in my 20s is when I first started running, although at that time I called it jogging. Mm-hmm. As my, I said. My Facebook memories remind me. They'll come up from like 12 years ago. And it's yeah. like, oh, need to go for this jog to run off this hangover. <laughs> um so yeah, so I started sort of mid to late 20s, but it was very sporadic and it was run walking. I had no gear, I had no watch, no running trainers. It was purely to try and lose weight. That was it. So I'd just put any old pair of trainers on, run for a few minutes until I was out of breath, walk for a bit, run again. So just did that throughout my 20s. Um, and then it wasn't till, I think it was like the end of 2016, um, somebody told me about Park Run, and I was like, what's this? Never heard of it. Um, so I signed up for it. I had no clue what it was going to be like. And me and my best friend just rocked up to a Park Run um, ja- early January um, uh, 2017 and just loved it. It took us 39 minutes to do the 5K. We ran, walked it. It was very hilly. It was Lock Park in Barnsley, if anyone knows that. It's super hilly. Um, and I remember at the end of it feeling so elated, like I felt so proud of myself that we'd done it and I'd done it with my friend. And I'd say, I felt like at the time that's when I'd got the bug. Mm. I was like, oh, I love this. Like the, just the whole camaraderie and the atmosphere at Parkrun. And um, so got had about probably four or five months, I think, where I ran a little bit more consistently, two or three times a week, did a few more park runs, only probably eight maybe. Um, and then, yeah, sort of just died a death in about the April, May, just life took over and I stopped running again. Um, and then it was 2018, uh, January, my dad got diagnosed with throat cancer. So I decided I needed to do something. I wanted to do something practically. Um, to raise money for breast cancer, but also just something to support my mental health, really, because yep. obviously it was devastating. Difficult time. Really difficult. So I, this this is so me, I'm such an all or nothing person, um, decided the best thing to do would be to sign up for a marathon. So so this is <laughs> so this is after a couple of part runs, yep. run walking, yep. then falling out of love with it, nope. not really yep. doing any exercise for a while, nope. and then yep. let's do a marathon. Yeah, I'd okay. only ever done... 5k that's the furthest distance I've gone I think I had got to the point where I'd run 5k non-stop but it took me like I think I don't know 35 minutes something like that mm. but I managed to do it so yeah decided that I was going to sign up for a marathon so went online found a 17 week training plan vaguely followed it um my training plan was basically run three to four times a week and do a long run on a Sunday yeah. and just build that long run up but I used to run, there was no sort of running out at certain paces or anything like that. Every run I did, I just used to run as fast as I could run for that run. That was just my, how I ran yeah. in them days. Um, so yeah, signed up for that, followed the plan. Um, and then did, that was Yorkshire Marathon 2018. So I did that, my dad was there at the finish line because he's, he's fine now, he's fully recovered. He had an operation, had the tumour out and it was just the best feeling in the world to finish that and see him at the end. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that was probably around the same time that, that 
I came across you on social media, probably slightly before we became pals, but um, th there's a very uh, emotional video that you have from the end yeah. of that marathon of, you, of you finding your dad. How did you find, obviously the end of that marathon was elation yeah. and seeing your dad and, and I'd implore anybody, maybe we can reshare it as well, that video's awesome of you finishing and going and seeing him. But how was the run itself? Like, did you find that stepping up to that marathon distance was just too much? Was it horrible? Was the fact that you were looking forward to, to that moment of seeing that, did that keep you going? Yeah. What What was the actual, because it was Yorkshire Marathon you it did, was wasn't it? So it's not, not the easiest one. No, um, it was fine. Like I I did it in, well, it's, there's controversy over how long I did it. Because at the time I had my Garmin on, it was a very basic Garmin. Um, and I stopped at about mile, 14, 15 for a week, mm -hmm. and I paused my watch as I went right. in to have a wee, and then started it again when I came back out. So in my head, my finish time was 4.38, right. but the actual <laughs> elapsed time was 4.41, but I'm adamant. How long, how long were you pissing for? It was a queue, it was a queue. <laughs> it was a poo, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was not, it was not a poo. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's like a running joke between me and Simon that I say that my first marathon was 4.38 and it's like, it was 4.41. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 4.41. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we made yeah, breaks well, built in. Yeah, at the time I was yeah. very naive, so in my head it was totally legit to pull yep. the And to be fair, like, who cares? Who cares? You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, it's three minutes. I've done a marathon. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, I was fine up until, I think, about mile 23, I would say. I was felt fine, physically felt fine, mentally felt fine, and then the last 5k, it really started to hurt, and I remember just saying to myself, whatever you do, do not stop, because if I stop, I am not starting again, like, my legs were, like, lead, well, you know what it's like, you've, yeah. you've done one. Um, the other thing as well, my family were around the course, so they'd driven, sort of driven to different points, so that really kept me going every time I saw them, and, like, high-fived, and, um, but that last 5k, I just remember thinking, no matter how hard and painful this feels, just think what your dad went through and what he went through was so much worse. So I just kept saying to myself, if he can get through that, I can run. He's just running, just one leg, in, one foot in front of the other. Um, so that just kept me going that last 5K. And then I remember coming down, so I don't know if you know Yorkshire, but it's like a, the home straight, it's like a bit downhill. And I remember feeling like I was running at like 100 miles an hour. I'm sure you know, I definitely wasn't. Um, and I just like welled up with tears because I knew I'd done it at that point. As before I'd even finished, I'm like, I've done it, I've done it. And then I just all I wanted was to find my dad. And then yeah, getting a bit emotional now. Um, and then I saw him at the end and like had a hug and he just like said to me, I'm so proud of you, Joe. And it just yeah, it was everything. Amazing. Special, special moment. Very special one yeah. that I'm sure you'll both remember for a long time. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about how the the journey evolved. Then so this was around. I, I alluded to it just when I was when we were talking around the last point this was kind of when i became aware of you and on social media and and you, you, you had your instagram account and you started sharing your story so how did that then evolve because we're not f too far away from going into a national lockdown chronologically yeah. um and and but you had got involved in the online running community yeah. talk, talk to me about kind of the part that played when you first yeah. first kind of came across it well that actually came later so when i did the yorkshire marathon in 2018 i wasn't on instagram got you i set my instagram account up in the june 2019 yeah because after i'd done the marathon in 2018 i did what i always do and just stopped running <laughs> um so i didn't run for a few months and 
again, I decided the best way to get myself back into running was to book another marathon. So that's what I did. So I booked Yorkshire Marathon again for 2019. Um, and then I just thought, I don't know how I'd seen it, because I've got like a personal Instagram account. And I think just as I was starting to get a bit more interested in running, I think I must have started searching on my personal account and found a few running things and thought, oh, I quite like the idea of this, like keep myself accountable, have a little diary. Um, so I set that up in 2019 just to track my marathon training basically mm -hmm. up to the the uh, October marathon in 2019 and um, yeah what a revelation that was mm. Instagram wow um, and it did it really helped the support was unbelievable like it's weird you find like strangers can give you more support and encouragement than sometimes like friends you've known for years I think it's just a different world I think if you're a runner you just get that world, but to everybody else, it looks a bit odd that yeah. you're talking to strangers on the internet. But um, so yeah, so Instagram was amazing for me. It really kept me accountable. Um, even now, I love looking back at my journey. Yeah. Like since 2019, like now I'm not running at the minute because of you know the last year. But I love looking back. I look like from where I started to where I got to, and then I sort of paused again. But it just it reminds me, I guess, what I'm capable of. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's it's almost like a diary for the yeah. for the modern age, isn't it? Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about I, I, that, that's just me getting my dates mixed up. Sorry. Tell me about the second uh, Yorkshire Marathon. Yeah, that was a lot less pressure, really, because the first one I wanted to do it. It was very much for my dad. I don't want to let him down. I want to do him proud. Um, and the second one, it just felt a bit more like I was doing it for me, I yeah. guess. Um, so my only goal really for that was I wanted to do a sub four and a half. That was my goal. I'd done 438. Exclu four, excluding four, pee breaks. Or 444, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to do, I think that's why I wanted under four and a half. I wanted a big buffer so no yeah. one could, like. Accuse you of having a poo. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted a clear difference. So I wanted to do under four and a half, and I had in my head just go out at 10 minute miles, just hold it. Um, but it was I would say it was harder actually not just because of the time thing because I was a better runner at that point but about four miles in I felt like my knee I've always like you know I'm just like so injury prone I'm constantly injured because I do zero strength work mm -hmm. so um my leg went about four four miles just started to feel my knee and like IT band so I'm not gonna lie it was painful it was painful I remember at the halfway point thinking I'm not going to be able to do this. Like I'm in agony. And then it was just this, you're on this long stretch and it's just lined with people and everyone's cheering. And I just thought, there's no way I'm pulling up now in front of all these people. And then just took it a mile at a time. And it hurt like hell, but came in at 4.21, I think. So way under my goal. Um, and just, yeah, so proud of myself. So proud that I'm, I, I exceeded anything I thought I was capable of doing. And and that kind of, again, not not to steal your story and put words in your mouth, but that that was probably the first time you talked a lot then about you know you do something you'd achieve something and then it you know, and it's just you get distracted and you stop. But this was the first time that you really kicked on and you kept going yeah, it is. until, of course, March twenty twenty happened, didn't it? Yeah, lockdown. Yeah, um, yeah. You're right. Actually, although just thinking out there was, <laughs> I did the marathon in the October and then 
each year me and my friends do this fake Christmas that we call October Miss. So this was like two weeks after the marathon. I dropped a wine glass and stood on it. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, did, I, I did a run for about six weeks, I think, because I couldn't. Um, but yeah, you're right. It was the first time that actually I'd, I'd changed a pattern of behaviour, I guess, where instead of doing something, quitting, I actually thought, no, I'm, I am going to do this. I want to get better. And I was actually running the best I'd ever run in the January, February 2020, because as you know, you paced me to my 5k PB. I remember, uh, there was like six of us there, weren't we? Like Elliot Kipchoge. Yeah, you Kipchoge'd me. Um, and I was running so well, I did like a 5k PB and a 10k PB within, I think it was two weeks of each other, because I did Dewsbury yes, 10k, we did remember that, remember? Um, and I was running so well, and then, yeah, lockdown hit, and um, yeah, it was a real, real, struggle lockdown i did carry on running um throughout it but alongside that i'd separate from my husband so sort of going through a divorce being isolated from everybody not being able to see anybody um yeah it lockdown was pretty horrendous and in a lot of ways running did save me a little bit i think just having that daily exercise and then the Instagram community in particular was a huge lifeline to me because I was, I was pretty depressed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think just the running and then the Instagram community, like you used to do those quizzes every week and um, like we'd have Zoom charts, me and the girls, where we'd drink wine and stuff. So you still felt, even though you were isolated and you're on your own in your house drinking wine, which, you know, it's not, not great, is it? But when you're doing it sort of with your friends... Needs must. Yeah, it was. It was very much needs must at that time. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't sugarcoat it. Lockdown was extremely difficult. Yeah. I think it was for a lot of people, yeah. but it, it can't have been easy with what you were going through yeah. in, in personal life at the same time. And, and I guess in some ways that can make the running thing hard. Like you said, it can be an outlet, it can be a saviour, but... Yeah. Um, when there's a lot going on elsewhere, sometimes it's hard to lace up the shoes and yeah, put yeah. yourself through yeah. what sometimes can be unpleasant, especially if you've not run for a while. Yeah, and, uh, but it's like to say, you never, the only run you regret is the one you don't do. Yeah. I think that is the case. I've never finished a run and thought, God, I regret going for that. Yeah. It's just like... Joring. <laughs> motivation to get out the door and joring when you hate it, and then you finish and you're like, oh, that feeling of achievement. But yeah, running was definitely... A savior for me as I was going through a divorce, moved house, was on my own with the kids, you know, obviously not being able to see anyone because of the lockdown rules. And uh, I was lucky I had a social bubble with one of my best friends who lived just around the corner. So I had then that was I had some human contact other than my kids, which I love my kids to bits, but sometimes you want adult company yeah. and adult conversation. Yeah. Um but yeah, but we got through it. Yeah, you absolutely did. And then the world starts to open up. Yeah. A little bit late. Uh, moving into probably so twenty twenty one. Let's try and get this timeline yeah, right. Yeah. We're moving into twenty twenty one now. Yeah. We've had lockdown one, lockdown two, lockdown four hundred and forty seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and the world's starting to open up. So, yeah. um, talk to me about how did you? Because there is a little bit of time between you know the, the next big section of this conversation yeah. we're going to get to, which of course is is, is the cancer diagnosis. Yeah. There is a little bit of time between the world opening up and, yeah, yeah. and 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 cancer happening. So um, from a running perspective, did you find that with the world opening up, it was like, like bang, let's get back on it, or was there, was there a little bit of a hangover in terms of finding that itch again? No, I think... Scratching that itch. I, I wanted to run. I think the issue I had is just injuries after injuries. So just when I'd get a bit of momentum... I just 
I'd get injured again and then I'd be out for like six, eight weeks and I saw physio and stuff and it was the same story every time, like do your strength work, she'd give me these exercises, I'd have all good intentions and then just didn't do it, so I just didn't help myself, so it was very stop-starty, my running, I would say, loved it, still loved it and when I went out to run it was just the freedom and I needed it. But I was frustrated because I guess I felt like my body wouldn't do what my mind wanted to do. But then, like I said, I didn't help myself, did I? So I no, <laughs> no but I, I mean, you, you had a lot going on and, and some positive things happening in life as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, coming out of lockdown, yeah. um, you met a new partner. I did, yes. My wonderful man, Simon, yeah. Um, no, he's been amazing. You know how much I adore him. Um, to be honest, I'm amazed we got into 18 and a half minutes. Yeah. You've only mentioned him twice. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, no, he's just the most wonderful human. Um, and yeah, and then obviously the next bit we're going to go on to, I wouldn't have been able to get through that with, without him. Um, so yeah, life started to get good again. Yeah. And then as it always happens in these Greek tragedies, yeah. um, uh, world changed completely in September of 2021, yeah. didn't it? So do you want to talk me through in whatever level of detail you want to kind of the lead up to, to the diagnosis, what happened, just yeah. just just take us through it. Yeah, I got goosebumps then by the way when you said that. It's just, um, it still feels surreal. Um, so yeah, so September 21, to be honest, I'd, I'd found a lump in my right breast a few months before, but I'd kind of convinced myself it was nothing. I'd mentioned it like to Simon, but he was like, well, if you worry, go and get it checked out. I was like, mm, I don't know, I'm probably in a bit of denial. And then it was sort of, it was Sarah Harding, that was it. Um, Sarah Harding passed away, same age as me, breast cancer. Um, obviously, when anything like that happens with a celebrity, and even though you don't know him, it hits you, a 40 year old woman, you know, dying of breast cancer, it's, it's tragic. And then it was Joe Hammond, who's been through breast cancer herself, one of the Fartlet family, she dropped a message in the WhatsApp group just saying um, that she's been through breast cancer and the Sarah Harding death had really affected her. So basically just, I implore you all, please, can you check yourself for me? And I'd already known that this lump was there and I couldn't, after Joe had said that, I'm like, right, I can't ignore it. I just can't. There was something, my gut feeling was, you need to get this looked at. Um, so I phoned the doctors. Um, it was still at that point where you couldn't go and see the doctor, so it was like a telephone consultation. And the doctor, to be honest, he wasn't great. He he was very dismissive. He didn't he didn't want to refer me. I had to basically say, no, you have to refer me. Like I'm losing sleep over this now. And I remember he said to me, um, the breast clinic won't be very happy if I refer you, and it's nothing. He said those words to me. Wow. And um, but basically, I made him. I made him refer me, and thank God I did. Mm -hmm. Um, so he referred me, I went in um, like mid-September, um, saw the lady who would become later down the line my surgeon. Um, she had a feel and she was like, yeah, okay, I think we need to ultrasound you. Went for an ultrasound. The conversation was lovely in the ultrasound room until suddenly the atmosphere changed and the lady who was doing it was like, right, I just need to take a few biopsies and I knew that that was not good. So she ended up taking three or four, I can't even remember now, biopsies. Um, so I was terrified and I had to wait two weeks for the results, but at that two weeks, I was 
pretty convinced it wasn't going to be good. So I wasn't in a great mental state. And then, yeah, it was actually a year ago yesterday, uh, 29th of September, is when, yeah, they, we went in for the meeting. Simon was with me and she just said, we're all really surprised, but it is cancer. And there's three, you've got three lumps, not just one. What's your first thought? What, what, what's, what goes through your head when you hear something like that? Just, I don't want to die. That's it. I just, your life, like, yeah. at that point in life as well, I was happy. It was the happiest I've been in such a long time. And I just thought, why? Why now? Like, I just, I want to live my life. I'm like, enjoy it. I want to get back into my running. I'm in a great relationship. The kids are happy. It just felt really unfair. And then I just started thinking about things like, you see, you have in your head what you think somebody with cancer looks like. And it's a frail, pale, bold, weak person. And that's not me. I'm not like a weak person. And the thought of being like that, it was just terrifying. It was... There's no words to describe it. Like hearing the words, you've got cancer, it's it's life changing and it's just the scariest three words I think that anyone's ever said mm. to me. Does your brain immediately go to death? Yeah, it does. Because you do, it's the word cancer, it's, we see it all over, especially like the Sarah Harding thing a few weeks before, my age, and I think she got diagnosed and died within like 14 months. And mm. that I was scared that was gonna happen to me. I was in my head, I'm like, if I got, like, I could have months to live. Hmm. Like, is it everywhere? Like, when you hear cancer, you think you're riddled with it. Yeah. That's where your brain goes. You think it's in every organ, in every part of your body, and you've got months to live. That's where my brain went straight away. Um, so I just, you know, Simon was there, and it was very emotional. He was holding my hand, I just cried. But then the surgeon was very much into, right, this is what we're going to do. And she did say, and Simon reminds me of this, like you have to remember these words. She did say, we do expect to cure this. But I'm quite a pessimistic person, so yeah. I guess I didn't really pay much attention to those words. I just just had death swirling around in my head. But yeah, she was like, right, I booked you in for a mastectomy because of how the cancer is in your breast. There was like three lumps and it was in a triangle, basically, these three lumps. But she said we can't do sort of three lumpectomies where they just take out the little bit of cancer. Because yep. she said we can't trust the cells in between. Because like I had this like triangle and she said in between those three there could be some activity. We can't risk it so we need to take away your right breast basically. And I was like wow. just Is this all in the first meeting? All in the first meeting yeah. We need to take away your right breast. And I was obviously just hearing that it's it's, I'm a woman, I like my breasts, I don't <laughs> take one. Um, that was hard to deal with. And at the time, I thought that was going to be the hardest bit to deal with because that was the first bit of bad news. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to... That's How am I going to live? Like, Well, I'm going to just feel mortified and humiliated. And then as the journey's gone on, actually, out of all of it, that doesn't bother me anymore yeah. now in comparison to everything else. I'm like, it's fine. It's, so yeah, so that was, um, I got booked in three weeks after hearing the news, went in, had the mastectomy and a reconstruction at the same time. Um, recovered pretty well, had to have a draining for two weeks, which was not nice, but um, that was fine. It, it healed fine. Um, and then the next stage was 
chemo, which was horrendous. That was the one out of everything that I've been through. There's no words to describe how horrific chemotherapy is. I think I think the thing with chemo, if you've not experienced it, and I speak as somebody who hasn't experienced it, I think it's very hard to understand yeah. the toll it takes. You can you can support somebody through it, you can be with them, but because that poison is pumped into your body and it's all internal okay there's the hair loss and there's the impact that it can have on your appearance but in general it, it, yeah. it's it's happening inside you isn't it yeah it is. and, and it's very hard i don't think anybody who's not been through it can empathize or understand yeah. it at all T- tell me about your i know you said it's hard to put into words how it felt but tell me about your journey through it in terms of you know how you coped with facing into it with go into the sessions with you know then hoping against hope when you get testing afterwards that it's done what it's supposed to do tell me tell me how that how that happened yeah it was um, so i knew i was going to have six rounds of chemo i knew it was going to be a very toxic chemo because the oncologist said to me you know in in cancer terms i'm young fit and healthy um that's the one good thing about having cancer i got told i was young and slim all the time um so, gotta get that ego yeah, boosted yeah, haven't you yeah. um so he was like you're, you're young you're fit you're healthy you can tolerate like a high toxicity basically like they said you know if this was somebody in the 70s for example we wouldn't be giving it to them because they just wouldn't be able to tolerate it um so i knew it was going to be horrendous um so i had my first session i think it was 9th of december i think um and i decided i was going to cold cap as well to try and preserve my hair follicles you basically just wear this ice cap that you have to have on like half an hour before you do the chemo all the way through the chemo and then half an hour at the end and it's 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 intense it's painful you're literally Mm. icing your scalp and i had a resistance band that i put over my head and sat on to pull it really tight it was it was really uncomfortable sat for that like for about five hours um but i guess the first one i went in just knowing it was going to be horrible, but not really knowing how horrible. Um, And it's just horrific. The amount of meds you have to have, the steroids you have to have that make you feel weird, just the anti-sickness, the... You just... You just feel weak. You just feel depleted is probably the best word I could use. And you just... I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognise myself. Like, my pupils were pinned and... Like, my skin didn't feel like mine. Like, even touching my own face, I felt like I'd been embalmed. It's yeah. it's the strangest feeling. Um, so, yeah, you pretty much each chemo around, and it, it builds, the toxicity builds with each time, so it doesn't go out of your system. There's a bit there, and then each time it, it builds and it builds. So, basically, out of a three-week cycle, the first 10 to 14 days, you feel horrific. Just nauseous and everything aches and you're weak and you can't sleep from the steroids and um yeah hell on earth hard work yeah just i look back now at pictures because simon was pretty good at documenting it and at the time i don't think i really appreciated like stop taking pictures of me when i'm like curled up in a ball or i'm asleep or and he was like no because i want you to in time be able to look back and just see how far you've come and i do now i look back and i'm like i can't believe that was me that person killed up just looks dead in the eyes just so weak couldn't even like getting up to walk across the room was i was out of breath i was gasping i was having to hold on to things it i was so weak i I couldn't see my kids i couldn't look after my kids 
So the kids were either, whether well, it were my mum and dad's for the majority of the time I was supposed to have them and then they'd be at the dad's a few days. And that was awful. Like, I wanted to protect the kids as much as possible. I did not want them to see their mum so weak. And I think the other mental side of it is you go into all this and you don't even know if it's going to work. I remember saying to Simon, I, I could be doing this and it could still be there. Like, yeah. it could be for nothing. And then I've spent six months of my life feeling like I'm on death's door mm. and then I'm just going to die. That's the, the headspace yeah. I got into a lot of the time. Yeah. I think physically it was horrendous, but mentally it, it destroyed me. The, the <laughs> one thing that, that I've observed, though, and, and it's, it, it's really hard to hear you say that as well, just because, obviously you know how much time I've got for you and it's and, and for anybody who's, who's going through something and, and, and it must be a very lonely place despite the incredible support they had around you from Simon and your family one thing that I would say though is there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this podcast now who follow you on social media who are thinking to themselves I didn't know she was suffering that bad yeah. because one thing that I did want to touch on is that you have been very honest mm -hmm. about your journey on social media, encouraging people to get themselves checked, talking about your story to hopefully support others who may yeah. be going through it as well, which is amazing. But you have, on the surface, maintained a really positive outlook and a really strong outlook that I think has come across. And, and, and maybe people haven't seen what sat sat yeah. behind it um how important has it been for you to i mean, I mean you t we talked about instagram from a running perspective but it, it's almost evolved into yeah. like my cancer journey and i yeah, think that was quite yeah. symbolic in you very slightly changing your your instagram handle yeah. as well um uh how important has that been championing that course for you over the last yeah, year it has and i take your point actually what you just said about on the face of it appearing strong and and i think Overall, when I look back now, I think I was actually very strong. I just didn't feel it at the time. Yeah. And I think what I t the way that I sort of used Instagram whilst I was going through it, I'd sort of disappear for 10 days, two weeks at a time when I was in the real hellhole. I didn't really post because I couldn't. So what I tended to do is I'd post an update after each sort of session when I was feeling human again because I guess I was feeling more positive then because I got through the worst of it I'm like right I'm ready to go again um so you're right I take your point I probably didn't uh, express the sort of I don't know actually now I'm thinking about it like I tried to be really honest but I think I was honest about it after the fact I wasn't sort of coming online and saying how horrific it was there and then I was waiting until I've got a bit of perspective on it maybe to sort yeah. of share so that's maybe why it came across that I was stronger than I was because I've got perspective. Um, but yeah, sorry to answer your question. Um, yeah, there's a whole cancer community out there as well. Yeah. Which, again, you just discover it through sort of hashtags and whatever. And it was actually someone from the running community that put me in touch with one of her friends. She said, oh, can I give you the details of my friend, Kat, who's just been diagnosed with cancer. She's, um, th I think she was 30, Kat. Well, it is 30, sorry, she's still here. Um, she said, can I give you her details? I said, yeah, great. So me and Kat started messaging and she's now, we call each other our breasties. Um, we went through chemo at the same time. Literally our sessions were days apart. Um, so we spent a lot of time like voice noting each other when we were in the real depths. Cause it's hard to explain sometimes like 
taste that you might have in your mouth and it's really hard to put into words but somebody who's going through it gets exactly what you mean um and we still talk now cat we're trying to arrange to meet up uh, but i would never have come across her and she's one of the most wonderful inspiring women that i've ever come across um but the cancer community on instagram is just as supportive as the running one yeah all i would say is with that i'm finding now i'm sort of coming out the other side of it it is very triggering for me now when i'm because oh, yeah. there's a lot of people that i started following when i was sort of in my journey and you want people who i've wanted to follow people who've been through it and were over it so it's like something to look forward to hope to but then i also people who were in it at the same time as me and there's people who i followed who haven't been as lucky as me and have been diagnosed with stage four and so i do find it very triggering so i do have to go through sometimes and do a bit of unfollowing just to protect my own mental health and that's not to say I'm not supportive of all these women I am but I I have to protect my yeah. mental health as well so it is quite a triggering community as well so I do have to sort of step away from it there's um it, it, it resonates with what you're saying uh, Sammy's mum um uh, was telling me something similar about the end of her breast cancer journey. I think that they, they call it survivor's guilt, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Where you, you know, you come to meet all these people and you're going through the same battles, but yeah. some of you will win those battles and yeah. some of you will ultimately succumb to them. And and being one of the ones that le- that's left sometimes can can leave Absolutely. you feeling. You do. You do feel. You feel guilty, but then you feel guilty because you feel relieved as well. It's yeah. it's yeah. I think it's just something, it's an ongoing journey, this. I think once, I said it on one of my Instagram posts, like once cancer's darkened your door, that's it then. It never goes, and then it's just about how you handle it then and not, my aim now is to get to a place where I'm not living in fear yeah. of it coming back. Because it's a very, that that is a reality. And I need to learn to live alongside that and not let it control me. And I'm I'm pretty good at it. I think I just have times, like when it's an appointment coming up or like I had a, a lump that I found recently that had to be biopsied and I was scared to death that it'd come back and that's that's your worst fear that yeah. it's going to come back. Um, but yeah, I've got a good support network that helps keep me in the right frame of mind but in reality I probably do need to go and get some sort of talking therapy I think yeah. to process the last year because you're that focused on getting through the physical like getting through your operation and recovering getting through chemo and recovering getting through radiotherapy recovering it's you don't have time really to deal with the mental trauma that you've been through and i think it's now because i finished radiotherapy end of august and now it's i think i need to do some work on up top now and just working through it and processing it and dealing with everything that I've been through. Yeah. So you've got a very full plate in terms of yourself. Yeah. How does running fit into that? <laughs> yeah, how does running fit? What's running? <laughs> um, I did start doing Couch to 5K in between treatments, but then uh, so I finished chemo and then I was having another operation in the June to have all my lymph nodes removed. And I did Couch to 5K, I think I did the first four weeks, I think, and I was loving it. Yeah. I was there was no ego attached to it whatsoever um i was getting such a sense of achievement from it but then the operation came and i had to pause it again 
Um, and now I'm just at the point where I'm weighing up where I want to go from an exercise point of view. Um, I've been walking every day in September. I set myself a challenge of doing 10K every day in September, which I have done. Today's the last day. Um, and now I've done that because I, I love walking. Like, mm. it's like running's hard, walking's easy. <laughs> <laughs> slow running, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> slow running, yeah. <clears throat> so I've been walking a lot, which I like. Um, but my plan is I need to start doing some strength. And I know I've said this a million times I need to do strength more important now than ever because. My cancer was estrogen based, so I have to have a load of meds to like block estrogen from my body, which affects your bone density and makes your bones weak. And so I have to have meds for that. So one of the best things for me is weight training to strengthen my bones, and mm -hmm. it also apparently helps reduce the risk of a reoccurrence if you do weight training. Um, so I need to factor that in. But from a running perspective, I think the plan that's on the horizon, I think, is. Me and Simon have uh, places for Manchester, not Man, yeah, Manchester, yeah, it is Manchester, Manchester Marathon that have been rolled, in April. Yeah, it's been rolled over a few times um, for April. But I think what we're going to see if we can do is get our, both our places transferred to a relay and do a four person relay with yep. Simon's sister and her fiance because uh, she's just had a baby recently. So sort of yeah. a good thing for both of us to do a bit of a couch to 10k yeah. thing nice so i think i think that's probably where we're gonna go i think from a running point of view so i just need to i need to pull my finger out really because april's not really that far away and currently not. i probably couldn't even run a minute without... we're, st we're still at couch yeah, we're still at couch. <laughs> we, are. yeah. we are definitely very much still at couch um so i think that's the plan i just i want us to get this september 10k day out of the way and then i'm gonna i think i'm gonna join the gym do a bit of weight training and then i'm gonna start a couch to 10k i yeah. think i think Wonderful. that's the running plan brilliant and there's gonna be loads of us at manchester as well yeah. so it's gonna be really exciting to yeah. see you to wait. see you get there um okay so I, I know that we can't finish this without you kind of bookending it with uh an a serious message about yeah. the importance of um uh of of of, of what to do if if you have concerns around cancer so i'm not yeah. going to steal your thunder no. i'm sure you're well versed at it by now so yeah give you the floor. i feel like i probably should have um written down some sort of speech here but i'll just i guess speak from the heart just i cannot express enough how important it is you know your own body if you have anything anything at all that you feel is anything that's worrying you something that's keeping you up at night something that you can't stop thinking about you must, must go and get it checked out. Check yourself. You don't have to do it every day, like once a month in the shower. There's loads of videos online that show you how to how to check because there's a certain technique to check. Um, just do it. it. It literally could save your life. And I would not wish it upon, like what I went through, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And it's a fact, early detection saves lives. So my message i guess is get to know your norm get to know your own norm check yourself every month and anything that feels off go and get it checked because the my you know I, I said the story about my doctor who wasn't great i think that is a i don't think that's the norm an anomaly yeah um because when i went to the breast clinic i said to them about what the doctor had said and they were like no 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 our motto is like if in doubt check it out mm -hmm. they would much rather you go and push if if you know if you've got a GP who is sort of fobbing you off. Because I think what I've found from the online community, cancer community, is there's a lot of women, young women, 
who get told, you're too young, you're too young to have breast cancer. It's probably not that. You're too young to have bowel cancer. It's probably not that. And they get sort of fobbed off. Yeah. Don't let yourself be fobbed off. Like, be your own advocate. And, yeah, you yeah, fight for your life, basically. And you did. Yeah, I did. And I'm glad. Thank God, I did. And you did. Yeah. And you did it very, very well as well. I'm very, very proud of you. Um... Anyone you want to mention before we finish, say hello to. It's going to be Simon, isn't it? Let's get Simon out of the way first and then anybody else. I know, I know. But in all seriousness, like, he he has been amazing. He's been he's my, a dream. He is. He's, a dream. he's my absolute rock. Um, he's just the best human that I know. And I just adore him and love him so much. And I wouldn't have got through it without him. So I just, yeah, just big, big love to him. And he's... He's on his own journey at the minute because he's just bust his ankle. He's, he's <laughs> tripped over in flip-flops. There's no great story there. Um, so he's got damaged ligaments at the minute, so he's not he's not running. But the comeback will be on soon, so he'll be back. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to him. Shout-out to, obviously, my you know, my family friends who supported me and the Fartlek family. The support is has been insane. When you guys did that turn Instagram pink thing after I had my mastectomy, my God, that... That meant the absolute world. Just, yeah, thanks to to the Instagram running community, really. It's been amazing. You are the storm. Give me a hug. Aww. I love you. I love you too. They're proud of you. Right, and that's it. We're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me and giving me the opportunity to come and tell my story. No. Thank you. And I know I say this every week, Matt, but... I, I, I really, well, I mean it every week, but I think particularly relevant this week, given it's someone who we're both pretty close to. What did you think of that, mm. my fine four-foot friend? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been doing the socials this week. So I know you've not been 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 uh, been at it uh, with what's going off in your personal life, but I posted on the socials about being uh, about the interview being a uh, a strong one, uh, about it being um, thought-provoking. Uh, and I think it is all is all that. Um, it definitely gets you thinking about what could have been and stuff like that, and, and it makes you think inwardly about your own family and your own journeys. Obviously, we can't understand what what Joe Joe's been through and what what it is like for people to be told they've got they had cancer and they've got cancer, and it's just yeah, it's mind blowing to think that that she's come through it and she's she's stronger from it as well. Um, living through it every day, it's just it's difficult, but yeah. Such a great, great chat and a great interview. We love Joe to bits, and we're glad mm. she's doing, doing, doing well. Yeah, agreed. Well said, mate. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it, it was a really interesting one and, and and a really difficult one to do in some ways, but at the same time, it was great to share her story. I know that she's been waiting to tell that story, waiting to share it, um, uh, with people, and um, and has done a very good job of it on on the old social media um through her instagram account and we talked a bit about that but i think equally the the fact that um that she was able to just have a, a good bit of time dedicated to talk about how she felt um uh, maybe resonate with some people who've maybe been through the journey themselves or family members who have um and uh, and you should definitely keep following joe's journey she's back on the couch the 5k plan we've seen since recording this episode so that's really exciting good to good to see her getting back on with it and um and and yeah bring on manchester marathon because hopefully we'll we'll get to cheer her and uh and, and simon and and, and a, a brother-in-law and sister to um to, to their relay yeah that'll be awesome uh, can't wait to see that we'll be there uh cheering her on and and at the finish line waiting for him 
Um, and another thing that she mentioned about the about the doctors as well, but be saying it, it's it's nothing. It's, don't worry, it's going to be nothing. Like she said, if it, if you feel a, any inkling or any doubt, push further. I know some people are not strong enough, but yeah, definitely push further. Yeah, you you know your own body, and if you and if you're concerned, don't ever second guess yourself because of your your age or your gender or your overall health condition, whatever it might be. You know, if you've got a concern, then you need to make sure you you speak to someone, you keep pushing until you get an answer that you're satisfied with. Um, that's your prerogative and that's your right. And um, and and at the end of the day, it's your health. I think Joe put it perfectly. So you've got to fight for your life, literally sometimes. And mm-hmm. and thank God she did. Thank God she did. So yeah, very excited to find out what happened next with uh, with Joe. And and hopefully she also sent me a message afterwards saying that she, you know, now she's feeling a bit better and and she's gone through the, the recovery process and she's starting to get back to normal. Hopefully she can get back involved with doing some more stuff with the podcast, which um she's been very much missed as as much as we've um, we've plugged the gaps where we can. And it has led to maybe bringing bringing some more people into the fold, and it's great to have JP as part of the family now. And we've we've grown the core team more. I think bringing Joe back into the fold just gives him more opportunity to maybe do some more community stuff, maybe do some more charity stuff, um, uh, maybe expand some of the challenges that we do, and and definitely keep the fight like family growing and and helping um, uh, build the positive message that we're trying to build. So uh, yeah. All good things to come and very, very happy to have gone through that chat. Now, listen, mate, um, we've got mm. loads more to get through. Let's get on with it. Um, it we, we've got a park run chat to get to, haven't we? Should we go and see where Ben and Emma are? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, ben and Emma, are you with us? We're here. Hello. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, yeah, we've just about recovered from the weekend. I mean, we didn't run the marathon, but we uh, spent a hell of a lot of time walking around uh, London this weekend. Yes, of course. You were cheer squad in London Marathon in amongst having a, a weekend away yourselves. How was it? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, me and Ben are both the same in the fact that we've, you know, we love watching London Marathon on the telly and we've always thought I'd love to go down and experience the weekend. Obviously, would like to run it, but it's not, you know, it's not that simple. Not always possible, is it? Spectating is just, it's just the atmosphere, the crowds. It's just amazing. It was, it was unreal. Um, I was buzzing all week to go down and it lived up to everything. It was it was crazy. We we went to one cheer point at about mile seven and we turned up and there was hardly anybody there. So Em ran off and got a coffee and I, I waited in a spot just in case, thinking not many people will turn up. Within 10 minutes of Em disappearing and going for a coffee and coming back, it was absolutely rammed. Five minutes later, elite men came through and just seeing them in action was ridiculous. They were just gliding along the tarmac. Um, and then five minutes later, you start getting your new more elite club runners. And then all of a sudden, it was just a w- absolute sea of people. Um, and we've we've obviously got the trackers on. Well, I, I had tracker on my phone and I'm trying to track people, but it just kept crashing. Yeah. Oh, we're going to miss everyone. And when I say miss everyone, even though you stood by the side, I mean, it's just continuous, constant people just I, we missed so many people in that first stretch but luckily we saw jack and we saw beth um and then the idea was as soon as we've got as soon as we see them we go from greenwich 
back to Tower Bridge, the end of Tower Bridge, and we get on the point where it's about 22-ish miles. So we can see them coming across at 13 and then coming back at 22. And it was absolutely rampacked. There was, it was noisy. It was inspiring to watch people of all abilities going through, um, doing it for different charities. One thing I did learn is if you run London Marathon, put your name on your top. Almost everybody had their name on their top, mm. uh, which was great because, I mean, we, we were obviously looking out for our lot and we saw a lot of our lot and we I got to give Jack a high five as he was coming back past and Beth, bless her, she... She had a bit of a struggle and she came to us at 22-ish miles and she got a big hug and a big handful of Haribo and, and a nudge on her way just to keep going. And she she still finished in an incredible time. But the amount of people that were coming past looking like they're struggling, and there was, there was a good group of us. There was me and Em, Paul, uh, Pete, Marshall, uh, David Chung, B. Harris, Nick Finney, um, Gary Ludwin was there with his daughter and what we did when, when we'd see most of our people is we'd say right we'll look for somebody coming towards us that looks like they're struggling we'll look for their name like I say because everyone had their name and we'll absolutely cheer them on and we'll just be <laughs> like oh my god it's Gary go Gary go <laughs> Amazing. These people were looking at us like, who the hell are you? But I tell you what, it, it got a few of them started again and got them back in a in a rhythm. Mm. So we had a great time. My voice was sore for a couple of days afterwards, but luckily the weather was great. The whole the whole weekend was amazing. But just being there at the marathon, seeing the elite, seeing seeing the great club runners, seeing your friends, and then seeing people of all abilities doing it for all the charities wow what they just i i want to run it more than ever now it's 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 special isn't it It, it, it's it's a race that i mean there's arguments about it and there's um you know there is a little bit of controversy around the you know the ballot process and just how popular it is and and you know how hard it is to get in but there's a reason isn't there there's a reason of, of, of the world of all the world majors I mean, you talk about Boston being kind of like the creme de la creme, but I think that's only because it's got the high entry criteria and the history that sits around Boston Marathon. But in terms of pure atmosphere, I, I don't know this because, I, you know, the American Marathons, Tokyo, Berlin, I'm sure, you know, all have their own thing. But you just feel like London's the London's oh. the pièce de résistance. London's the World Cup final, isn't it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I couldn't. I'd died don't know what I'd feel if I was running in a crowd like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm just sat here with a smile on my face listening to to your side of the story from from the other side of the barrier. Because I've been on that other side and I've been when it's been tough and I've had strangers shouting my names and it, it like you say, the, the the push that it gives you just to kick on and and, and you know move 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 that little bit quicker than you were before it's, it's definitely uh, a great a great feeling. And yeah I'm just sat here with a great big smile on my face. <laughs> listening yeah. to Ben and Emma talk. 
Get in, get in, get in the ballot. Um, yeah. So, uh, listen, we, we, we could we could wax lyrical about about London all day and, and about running all day, but uh, we've got to be conscious of time. Old mm. uh, old old, old Jodie Five shit. She um, she took up an awful lot of the bloody um, mm. uh, of the uh, time, didn't she, with her extended interview? Um, so selfish. So let's get on with it. <laughs> you weren't just in London to watch London Marathon. You were also um, putting to rest a long desired. Uh, jewel in the crown of the Bema Park Run journey. Tell us all about what happened on Saturday morning, guys. Oh, man. I, again, I think this was the original reason I was so hyped up about this weekend. We've we've had it booked now for five months, I think it is, or something, the, the weekend in London. And the main reason for it, we, we got a hotel for free. Um, my mum did a lot of travelling with work, gets hotel points, always turns around and says, do you ever want a hotel? I'll book you in a hotel. So we we joked at the thought of going down for London Marathon weekend and she could get it. So that just made it even better. But we wanted to go down to get our V. There's not many Vs in this country. We've only got two letters left in our alphabet, V being one, Z being the other. So we needed to get to London to do Victoria Dock or Valentine's. So we were fortunate enough to have a hotel, what, all of about 400 metres away from the start line of? Victoria Dock. Wonderful. Tell me about Victoria Dock. What I want to know is two things. I mean, I know that you'll normally give us a big rundown of the um, of the route and, and you know, of the experience and the, and, and the volunteers. And I still want to hear a bit about all that. But what I'm more interested in, if, if it's OK, guys, given that it was London weekend and given that there probably were a lot of people in London that might not have been, maybe similarly to you, tourists who are after that much sought after V. Tell me a bit about the experience and the atmosphere of doing a London park run on London Marathon weekend. Well, from the minute we stepped in the lift in our hotel, there was a lady with a partner and a little girl. Um, she'd got the some like London themed leggings on and she'd got a, oh no, that was on the Sunday, wasn't it? No, no, well, that was on the Saturday. She'd got some London themed leggings on and on her nails. She'd got like 26.2 painted on her nails. Nice. So like, oh my God, are you doing the marathon? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing part run today, but I've got to take it easy. And it just seemed to have that feeling about the whole morning because mm-hmm. the marathon is next to the expo. Yes. Obviously, everybody would go in there for the numbers. And it just had that buzz where everybody's just giddy because they're either running the marathon or the spectating at the marathon. Um, yeah, it just had a bit of a kind of party atmosphere. Just everybody were really excited. Very chatty. Normally when you turn up to park runs in the moments before the run director does their spiel, it's normally kind of quiet. You hear a few people talking, but everybody was chatting. Everybody was getting giddy. Mm. We bumped into, we, we'd arranged to meet up with the likes of Nick Finney. He was there. B. Harris was there. Carl and Stacey were there. Uh, we're all there to get our V, basically. Apart from Nick, I think he's done it before. Um, Derek. Derek, Derek was there. Um, local club mate, you'll you'll know this guy, Rob Al Dalton. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time for Al, good good lad. Yeah, he was. I had a gr- had a great race as well on the side note, didn't he? I know he probably not listen to the podcast, but um, he he, he from okay. checking his Facebook, he absolutely destroyed it. Yep, absolutely. Dominic Camponi was there as well. Oh, Dominic, ex-guest Dominic as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's great to see him. So we so we were just chatting and chatting away, and the, the run director tried to do her pre, pre-spiel, and 
I don't think many people could hear it because everyone was just a bit giddy. It was a lovely morning. The sun was out. Uh, there was a slight headwind on the way back in, but you start right over by the city hall, I think it is. Um, and then it is, you're basically just following the edge of the dock and you do two out and backs. You go, you start, you run all the way down to where there's a lady stood with a cone. You turn around, you come back exactly the same way. And then you turn back around at the start, back out to the cone and then straight back through. And it's, it's normally pan flat and it was pan flat apart from, for some reason, they directed us down some stairs slash down a ramp and then we had to come back up it on each lap uh, but it didn't really make a difference it was I think that was just because of the sheer volume of runners um, yeah. I think there was maybe 360 runners there's probably not quite as many normally no so I think um so yeah so it was, it was great it was it was a really good run um I'd, I'd been bunged up with cold all week and I've been I've been wanting to do Victoria Dock for ages. It's renowned as being the fastest park run in the country because of how flat it is. I've always wanted to go down and give my PB a crack, but I knew my, I knew my body wasn't strong enough at the weekend to go full effort. So we had a good jog round, good good effort. I can't say jog, it was a good effort. It was only 30 seconds off your PB, so not really. <laughs> it was a short You walk. know, took it, it easy. It measured short. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it would have been nearer a minute off if it had been proper um but anyway so so yeah it was a great run and it was great to keep running back out out and back going past people seeing them with our next door neighbor marie uh and that's i mean our next door neighbor was down there not with us but that's random did you know that she was going to be though was yeah. it like oh well oh, okay it wasn't just like what <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She she was at Park Run as well. So Em and Em and Marie ran together and seeing Nick and Derek and B and everyone just coming at a back past as you as you're going out. I had Carl Barnes on my heels the whole way. Um Despite but, the fact that he was running a marathon the next day. Exactly. And and he was like, Oh, I'm just gonna take it easy, I'm just gonna take it easy. And <laughs> I've run nineteen and a half minutes and he, he was about five seconds behind me. So. Oh we died do he annoys me how good he is, doesn't he? And then and then he went out and didn't didn't he miss his PB by like three seconds in, in uh, London as well? Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. But I mean to still run sub two fifty, it's he's a monster, isn't he? He's an absolute animal. He's such ridiculous. a good runner. But yeah, so so part of them was great. It was it was brilliant to see everybody. The weather was perfect. I jumped in on barcode scanning. Originally there were only three of us, but then everyone started finishing at the same time. And right. as quick as I am at it, we we were just scanning and scanning. People turning up and being like, oh, I need to find my barcode on my phone and like slowing things down. So a couple of others jumped in and helped as well. And yeah, we whizzed through the barcode in, and then it was purple sign time. Mm-hmm. And this was a first when we turned up pre-park run. There was a queue for the purple sign. <laughs> tell, tell, me, a queue. tell me there's a load Take of a park ticket. run tourists showing up without telling me there's a load of park run tourists at the exactly. event. Exactly. Honestly, it must have been about 10 groups deep before the start. No. Everyone was queuing up to get their picture with Victoria Dock. I think purely because of the V. Yeah. Um, so, but we, I always do it after the park run anyway. I know I'm going to be there for a little while afterwards and they won't have cleared everything away. So, uh, yeah, we waited till the end and we, we had our pictures with it. But never in my life have I seen a queue like that just for a picture of a, a purple sign. So I'm not the only one that's mad about it, honestly. 
There we go. Kind, you found some kindred spirits. I did. They, they, I felt like I was in a family there. I felt like they were related to me. Um, Good. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Park Run was great. We loved it. We were, where did we go after? It was just across the way. Yeah, we it, we were struggling to find anywhere to get a coffee and breakfast because uh, it's just a bit of an odd odd area really but we ended up grabbing a coffee and something to it it wasn't anything spectacular but it was worth staying to catch up and have a chat with uh derek and b um nick, as well. nick had to dash off to go and watch the football of course he, he did of course he did he off, off, off get drunk friends. and watch football is the yeah. the nick finney way yeah yeah um and it was just a, it was just a little cafe we we got coffees we had some some sausage and egg muffins or whatever they were, but they weren't very nice. Um, but yeah, oh, oh, I know what else. So for the last two weeks, what have I just missed out on? Oh, you uh, not position stopwatch, 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 position, stopwatch, stopwatch okay. bingo. So a fortnight ago at Rothwell, I ended on thirty-two, and yep. bear in mind I need thirty-one or thirty-three, so I ended on thirty-two. Didn't get it last week when we went to Clifton. I ended on thirty. So I didn't get it. This week, I thought, I'm not bothered. I'm just going to run, get whatever I get. And I did exactly that. I did. There was no slowing down. We were getting on the finish straight. And I had one of those. There was like me, this guy, and then Carl and this guy between us decided to try and sprint me to the finish. And to be fair to him, he caught me off guard and he went past me. But I did try and speed up. And I've crossed the line. And then I've looked at me, watch. I'm like, it's on 31. It's on 31. Are they going to impress it on 31? We're sat in the cafe, text message comes through, 1931. Boom. <laughs> Good things come to those who wait. I tell you what, though, Ben, I was thinking about you on Saturday because uh, we did Hinburn Park run with uh, JP and Paul. It's just on. The, it's just in Accrington. Have you done that one before? Nope, nope. Oh, it's good. It's worth a go. It, you're on a, not to steal your segment, but you're on like, a, you walk in, it's like, a, it's like an old athletic. It's got an athletics track. It's really cool. Um, but it just looks like a playing field, basically. It's like a there's like a hut and athletics track and a couple of football pitches. You know, it's just your standard small town sports kind of club. Yeah. And you're kind yeah. of thinking, where are you going to run? And you just sort of disappear off into the woods. And it's just a two and a half, two, a two lap out and back. Um, just really hilly, really undulating, really tough course, all trail. But it's lovely. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. I'm sure you guys will go at some point and uh, explain it much better than I can. But I ran with Sammy, who's not been running for a while. And um, uh, we ran together. She did amazing. She didn't stop once. Tackled the hills. Uh, gave it a really good go. Really, really proud of her. But just to ruin it, speaking about um, uh, uh, position bingo and, and the 5K app. So, of course, um, I'm, we're running together. She fell behind. If you finish by it, you have to go up a hill to finish. It's only like 50 metres, but after a horrible hilly course, it, it, it's, it's awful, particularly if you're blowing out your arse. And so yeah. I kind of like trotted on ahead to try and jeer up the hill. And then I took a really, as, as, as is gentlemanly, I took a really wide berth to allow her to kind of come up my inside and then pass me and she'll go through first and I'll follow her. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> Sammy... Finished, no, sorry, I finished 55th mm-hmm. and I finished with a time of 32.41. Bear that in mind, right? Yep, yep. Looked on my 5k app, don't need 55th, Needed don't 54. need 41 seconds. I do need 54 <laughs> and I do need 
40 seconds. Oh, Rob. <laughs> Sammy came 54th in a time of 32 minutes and 40 fucking seconds. Chivalry be damned. Next time, I'm tripping the bitch up and I'm going through first. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you need to trip her up. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just don't let her catch me. What, what an absolute steaming well. pile of bullshit that was. Oh, mate. Yep, I'd, I'd be fuming too. She didn't even say thank you. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't talk. She was wheezing pretty badly, but it was a really, it was, it was a really nice part run, though. Um, it, well worth doing Hinburn uh, in Accrington. Uh, but, yeah, sorry, that was my 5K piggybacking onto your story. Thank you. We will visit, I'm sure, at some point. But uh, anyway, back to ours. Victoria Doc done. We've got our V. That leaves us just with a Z. And again, we've got Rotterdam booked already. We're off to Rotterdam in December. So can't wait for that one. Get that one uh, ticked off and get the alphabet done. This could be Rotterdam or anywhere. <laughs> Literally. I was, I was really hoping one of you would say Liverpool or Rome, but it's fine. I'll just, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just let the uncomfortable silence hang instead, shall we? Uh, wonderful uh, weekend. Uh, yeah, great experience. London Marathon, amazing. And, and, and well done to you two, just to say, for coordinating and uh, 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 representing uh, the core team along with Paul um, and Jack, but he was running. So, um, I, I mean, more from a cheer squad perspective and getting people together. It was great seeing the, uh, the turquoise takeover um and, uh, and and sort of cheering people through and, and bringing everyone together for a bit of a catch-up so well done to you two we loved it thank you thank you um should we do a roll call guys ah why not yeah matty am i, am I coming back in now well yes you, you've done absolutely nothing so continue uh, I, I, I was just thinking what, what does ben and emma want to go to Rot- rotterham for i live in Rot- Rot- rotterham and it's shit <laughs> You stupid boy. <laughs> All oh. right, partner. You know what time it is. Keep roll calling, baby. Keep roll calling, 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 calling. You know what? I can't see you because we've not got cameras on, but you, you look dead smug right now, don't you? No. You know, because you made a funny. Yeah. Have you got a big smile on your face? Yeah. Is your chest puffed out? Yeah. Are you feeling really, really pleased with yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you start us off with the first roll call? <laughs> I'll, I shall start us off with the first roll call then, shall I? Uh, Beth, one, this one from, is from Beth, uh, Jack Penfold's Beth. JP uh, for smashing the London Marathon, yeah. We echo G- that, Beth. JP G- didn't run the London Marathon. He's always in everyone's, but it's those calves, isn't it? I said Jack Penfold. I did say Jack Penfold. No, you but did. it says Beth. Beth I, know, I know it says I know it says JP, but Beth I like said Beth. Beth said JP. Yeah, JP well, didn't do it though. It's those carbs in it. Mm. So, Jack is JP. So, sorry, 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 Jack. Beth thinking about JP. JP. <laughs> <laughs> She's only human. She's only human. <laughs> Who can blame her? But well done to JP Junior as well for, uh, for finishing <laughs> finishing London while while Beth ignored him and dreamed of JP. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, sorry, Ben. You can go if you want. Yeah, okay then. Jess keeps running. Jess keep running, sorry, should I say. Uh, She wants to shout out the What the Fart Like Cheer Squad. So, me and Emma and all the others, and everyone that cheered her in London. She's ever grateful. 
Um, yeah, it was great. We saw her coming up. She looked like she was struggling. So, boom, let's go. Big, massive cheer. What I really wanted to shout was, Jess, keep running. Jess, underscore, keep, underscore. Oh, she's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> she did amazing, so. She did. A lot of love for Jess. Um, what's next, Emma? Uh, so, Dominic Camponi. Camponi 84, um, who we were desperately looking for at mile 22 because we'd missed a few people. and mm. We were just like, please don't let us miss anybody else. And he wants to say uh, thank you for our support on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. Um, we, they've put their support was amazing. So I'm assuming he means the what the fart like squad. We gave him Go on, sorry. The tracker was a bit annoying and it'd make it look like they were close by and then they'd turn up 15 minutes later. So by the time they did turn up, we were like, Dom! <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming him. He's like Matt, though, isn't he? He's not the tallest of chaps. So you yeah. could easily lose him in the crowd. I think he was talking about you guys. Um, he's put those photos amazing. The, the roll call picture was a photo of you guys. So I think he was referring to the picture. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got another Jackie Penfold. And this time we, we, we gave him his full name, so no no illusions of JP here. Kirsty Runs has put uh, Jack Penfold, the boy did good, real good. Uh, pretty perfectly put there, Kirst, I'd, um, I'd agree. Uh, always dead proud of Jack, but, um, but absolutely smashed it. He's running so well at the minute. Massive, massive well done to you, Jack. Uh, Matty? Yeah, uh, we've got Nadine, uh, Nadine underscore on the run. Uh, we met her at uh, Aintree um, and had a couple of drinks with her Saturday night as well. Maybe I should have given this shout out as well, to be honest, but I haven't. Uh, she says, Donna. <laughs> Sorry, Donna. <laughs> Sorry, Donna. <laughs> on behalf uh, of Matt and Nadine. Yeah, yeah. I'm one that's saying it out, so it kind of counts. So, it, uh, does Donna, not, it doesn't but, count. Donna for smashing her first official 10k race at Aintree and then she's put the uh, the fire emoji yeah both of them smashed it uh, and, and Donna uh, did she well, um in and ahhing about doing it and I get her, get her a kick up the arse and she did it and she got not too far off her unofficial 10k time as well which was amazing to see yeah it was it was sorry I, th- I thought you were going to say something else then just uh, abrupt no, no. silence uh, uh, after it but no we, 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 we might not have been in London but we had a little we had a little northern meet up didn't we and we had a nice time at Aintree and um, uh, having a few drinks on the Saturday night as well, seeing Rob Corns um, and then uh, Kelly and Dean and um, some of the other guy and Andy Bradley and some of the other guys from the Warrington Running Club that uh, Kelly's part of um, and Nadine, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, amazing. It was re- re- really, really good at Aintree. Mm-hmm. We had a really good time. But yes, Donna in particular did amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so well done, Donna. Uh, ben? Um, yeah, another one from Nadine on the run. Um, she is also shouting out David Young for being awesome at Chester Marathon. David Young listening to the podcast on his way around as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he, he he gave us a thank you in the group for shouting him out and talking about him, I, I believe. So, well done, Dave. Yeah, yeah, massive, massively good job. Um, he made a point about asking if we could shout him out last week as well because he'd be listening to us um, in the second half. And you know what? Jokingly, we, we kind of like go, oh yeah, we'll 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 do that, and it's funny. But like, it, it is pretty cool that someone's like 
I'm I'm gonna listen to I'm saving your podcast for the hardest part of the marathon because it's gonna help me stay motivated and get around. That's pretty humbling. So <laughs> or, or it's gonna help me take my mind off anything I'm ever thinking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or your just droning voices going through my head. Yeah, exactly. Just like white noise will help me <laughs> zen out. Um but either way, we're very proud to have been a part yeah, we'll of your, your race, David. You're welcome. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> So we've got Kerry Broughton shouting out Lindsay Mundy for smashing London and finishing strong as fuck. So proud. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> 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 were you trying to decide whether you could swear? We haven't, had, we, we haven't had an F-bomb this episode. I don't think you're fine. We'll get away with that, the explicit explicit warning uh, thing. Uh, and that's what she said. So we're just, yeah. we, we, we're just the messengers, aren't we? Uh, yes. Uh, and we've got another one for Linz as well. Um uh, Nick Finney said that he was gutted that he missed her, didn't see her, but she absolutely owned London. Yeah, she did amazing, didn't she? So well done, Linz. From both Kerry, from Nick, and of course from all of us as well. Matt, we're back round to you. Yeah, uh, we've got Gary Ludwin, who's just down there with you guys in London. Well done to our weekend marathoners, they were epic, and also a shout out to the cheer squad and for a most awesome job seeing people on the course. And then, boom, orange carrot. Boom, orange carrot. Boom, orange carrot. <laughs> We were seeing that all weekend. We just couldn't stop. <laughs> it's the t-shirt. The t-shirts coming next. Next <laughs> line of t-shirts. Boom, orange carrot t-shirts. Um, uh, uh, ben, we're back around to you. Thank you. Uh, right, this one is from a fellow local Barnsley, Fartlecker, uh, Claire Dot Running Mum. She is shouting out the Scottish contingent for smashing out the 10k or half. And making her feel very welcome at the weekend. I think it was the was it the Great Scottish Run or it was. Oh, yes. well, they had a little meet up up there as well. Yeah, didn't yeah. yeah. We were so, all over little pockets everywhere, weren't we? We were, we were, yeah. So uh, I know they all went. Some of them were north of the border anyway, but Clay went up north of the border, and they all had uh, cracking runs by the sounds of it. So well done to them all. Yeah, great job, everyone. Uh, Emma, uh, it is. JP, not JP, sorry, Jack Penfold running, uh, wants to shout out the support from the Fartlick family dotted around London and a little love heart. Bless him. He is cute, isn't he? Annoying, really annoying, <laughs> but like dead cute at the same time. I love him. I love him. I got a high five on the way, on the way past as well, which is great. Special. Special. Um, I've got Sai. Sai Mundo runs and eats. Everyone who ran, I think he just sums it up nicely, doesn't he? Everyone who runs London, everyone who ran London, but also everyone else uh, up in Scotland. Oh, Cardiff. We haven't had any shout outs for, for Cardiff, but it was Cardiff Half as well, wasn't it? Great race, Cardiff Half. Love it, love it, love it. Who was there? Rach Pillin was there. Um, Rosie and Ed were there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry if I've forgotten everybody, anybody, but yeah. Uh, love Cardiff. It's one of my favourite races, so nice to see that one going ahead as well. But yeah, big shout out to everybody from Sai, summing it up nicely. Uh, but there is one more on there, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, there is, and uh, that's from Simon Runner, 78. Uh, this Lynn runs, yeah, we shouted out before, uh, Lindsay for smashing London. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. And I think we had a couple in the inbox as well. I think uh, Claire Manan. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I, was just, I was just about to come to that. I've got it loaded up already. So, um, right. uh, so many people shout out this weekend. Uh, Want to pick a few. Really happy that Claire shouted this one out because I don't know if you guys saw it. She was doing her own thing um, down in London. Um, but uh, uh, Running Birdie, Amy, tweet, tweet. 
um, ran at London as well, uh, got a massive PB and she went sub four. Team witness represented, um, absolutely inspiring, showed how consistency pays, pays off. She went into it, the best attitude of enjoying her experience uh, and the PB was a bonus. She smashed it. Also, Rashi, who is now an adopted team witness mm. member, she's moved up there. Uh, not sure she's had a shout out of completing a 12 in 12. She didn't. It's really floated under the radar. Uh, she actually ended up doing 13 because she couldn't settle after being stopped from completing uh, number 12 on the course, even though she did carry on to do the distance, um, which is a feat of real determination. Incredible effort, raising money for an awesome uh, uh, um, uh, cause in the Samaritans. Yeah, absolutely agree. And then last one, well done to everyone at Aintree, uh, especially Donna for getting back out and racing, uh, getting um, so near to a 10k PB. Um, uh, sorry she couldn't be there with everybody, but she will do next time. So yeah, good, good, good in-depth summary there. And a couple that I think have been missed. So really glad that um that, that Claire kept us honest and dragged us back round some, didn't you? It's just um a couple more, I think. I think Diane Branda smashed a 5k TV at Park Run on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, Rob, Marty should have shouted you out. He shot, you know, when he was talking about Donna. Oh yeah, no, he didn't. Just, I, I shouted him out at the start of the show in the in the pre. Oh. We were talking about as, as weeks in running. No, okay. you haven't. We haven't recorded that yet. Shh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, 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 right. Under the bus there. Um, I just, I just, we've shouted out all the all the main fartlecky people, people that are in the group and etc. But I want to give a big shout out to Beth as well, Beth Varney. Mm. Um, Bless her. She's she's had a really tough time, and she she won't listen, so she won't hear this. But uh, she actually had COVID a fortnight ago, which really knocked her for six. So she trained so well, she she'd run so well in all the training. She'd been getting faster and faster, and then she got knocked for six with COVID. So she turned up and she raced London anyway, um, and unfortunately her body was just wasn't fully recovered, and she. She didn't get the time she wanted. She was only 10 minutes off. She's still got a good for age, so she's got the option to go back and do it again. But bless her, she was uh, doing so well. And then and then it just hit and, and fatigue kicked in and the body just went no. So kudos to Beth for carrying on and, and pushing on and finishing despite, I mean, when, when I think I mentioned earlier, when we saw her at 22, she, it just looked like she wanted to stop. But yeah, big shout out to Beth. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, a lot of time for another previous guest. We're doing all the cheap plugs for the old guests, aren't we, as well? But yeah, amazing. Uh, and that was a roll call, guys. Absolutely sterling work. It was a bumper one as well, wasn't it? We're uh, we're going to be pushing two hours again for this episode. Um, have we got any thank yous before we get out of here? Do you want me to start? Well, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll thank uh, Graham Linney for the theme music. I'll also thank the newsletter guys, so Claire Fasai, Jamie Denham, Nick Finner, and McPaul. Uh, do you guys want to shout out a few people? Uh, shout out, massive shout out to Joe, uh, yep. Jody, for coming on and being the guest this week. I've not listened to it yet, and I normally listen on my drive to work on a Thursday morning, but I think I'm going to have to wait till after work for that interview because I don't want to turn up with tears in my eyes because I know it's going to be quite an emotional one. So massive thanks to Jo for coming on and sharing her story. Anything? No, point at Emma. She don't want to say massive shout out to Jack for editing this week. He does. Uh, he's done well. I uh, hope he's recovered. Massive shout out to JP for organising the guests like he always does. Shout out to me and Emma for 
traveling the country and bringing your park run stories. Park run joy. <laughs> park run joy. Shout out to you, Rob, for uh, being the host you are and uh, keeping the podcast what it is and making it better and better every time. And shout out to Statman John. Mm-hmm. Um, He's back again. Um, shout out to Sammy in the background, Louise in the background. They do a great job. Mm. Uh, I think that's about it. I think that's everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anyone else. Oh, mm. Matty. Matty. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. We were saving the best for last. Mm. There we go. There we go. Thanks, Matty. Thanks for everything you do. It's not Love much, you. but yeah. Um, I tell you what, though. How about I tell you all who we've got on next week? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this but, is I'm. What were you gonna say, something, Matt? No, I was saying it, this. This one was born out of the uh, weekend that we had uh, back in June. Uh, yes. One, another guest came to us. Laura Blackwell, in fact, came to us and, and, and mentioned this this lady and, and her daughter. Uh, and yes, if you want to carry it on the story. Well, you've kind of stole me thunder a bit, but yeah, all right. Um, so yeah, uh, well, you already know Laura Blackwell came to and told us. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> dickhead. Um, it's no, no. I'm I'm really excited about this one. This is one that when I recorded. Um, okay, so let me tell you guys a very quick story about. It. So Laura Blackwell came to us on the What the Fallout Weekend News. Like my friend, um, Joe. Uh, has got this story and I'd, I'd love you to interview her and I didn't follow her and um, Joe's not got a very uh, big presence on social media so you know not really heard a lot about the story hadn't got a lot of mutual friends um, took a little bit of a punt on the basis of I trust Laura and her opinion and also just from what Laura told me about Joe and more importantly about Alice um, uh, and I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment uh, why not take 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 a punt on it sure the story is going to be great that's what we're here for it's what we're all about it's about sharing great stories from amazing people and um i'll be honest when when, when i logged on uh, didn't really get much of a bio over from her like i said the, she doesn't post much on social media so there's not loads on there to go out to understand what the situation is a little bit apprehensive i was thinking is this going to go well or not i swear to god within three minutes i just could not stop laughing Joe's story and Alice's story. So it's you know it's it, it's it's bred from adversity. Um, Alice was born with a very rare condition called um, Cask. It's a gene mutation. Um, it means that she is uh, non-mobile. Is it mo- mo- mobility limited? She's in a wheelchair. Um, it's, it's supposedly it's meant to be life limiting. Um, so, uh, but what they do is 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 Joe and Alice run together. So. Um, uh, Alice in the wheelchair. They have just run London Marathon. We recorded before London Marathon. It, honestly, from a story that could be so sad, I never laughed so hard at the amazing adventures these two these two amazing human beings have been on. You are going to love it. We are building up to our mid-season break in absolute style. I cannot wait to share it with you all. Um, and uh, name-dropping name celebrities left right and center you will not believe the amount of good stories they've got from um from from famous people from the running community so it's gonna be a good one yeah i can't wait for that i cannot wait for that um uh and with that being said then we said our thank yous we know what's coming next emma do you want to step in and very competently tell everybody where they can find us they want to give us a follow or get in touch so we are on instagram facebook youtube twitter and tiktok if you want a good laugh 
Uh, we've got a website, www.whatthefartlet.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch via email, we are what the fart like, uh, what the fart like. <laughs> yes. Email. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Carry on. I'll scrub that <laughs> what the folly podcast at gmail.com is what you're trying to say before Matt so yeah. rudely interrupted, wasn't it, Emma? Sorry, Emma. <laughs> Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Emma. Um, very good, Emma. Yes, very competently done, um, even with distractions from tiny little dancers in the background. Um, if people want to give you a follow, Emma, on the old Instagram, where can they get you? I am at EmmaJJ85. And Benjamin? At Sheffield underscore Strider. Mm-hmm. And Matty. At Matty Owls. And you give me a follow on Little Runner Boy Rob. Please do come have a chat with us. We are always, always looking to grow our Fartlek family. You can see from the events that we've been through uh, this week uh, just how um, uh, amazing uh, the, the gang are, how supportive they are, how much people are willing just to come in and look out for each other on a personal level. It's been a very, very tough weekend week for me. Um, I want to say a big, big thank you to uh, not just uh, the core team who have taken a lot of the work off my hands very willingly and very ably um, to make sure we still got this podcast out, which I was very determined to do, given the fact that it was Joe and given the fact that it gives me a lot of um, uh, release from, from from the real world sometimes. So it was really nice. But also to all of you guys, the amount of people that have checked in on me, the amount of people that have um, uh, just, just, just sent me a message to say hello, the amount of people that have shown some love um, is very, very humbling. And uh, it's a great reflection of just what an amazing community um, we have in the Fartlek family. If you'd like to be a part of it, then please do come and have a chat with us. Find us on the old social medias. Drop us an email. Follow um, the podcast on the socials or even just drop uh, get in touch with us. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I've already said drop us an email. I was going to say something else. No, it doesn't matter. Drop us a DM. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, come <laughs> and find out more. Uh, we've got Alton Towers coming up. Um, it's going to be amazing. A great, great weekend in November. It's our last official meetup of the year. Um, you're more than welcome to join us. No man left behind. Everybody's welcome. Um, we'd love you to be a part of it. And with that, guys, I don't think there's anything else to say apart from to tell everyone that I hope your runs, as always, continue to be wonderful. Don't forget, as always, to be excellent to each other. If you can't be kind, then we're not interested in you being in our space. So just fuck off. And we will see you next week for another action-packed episode. Gentlemen, lady, I'll see you all next week. Matt, have you got something to see us out with? Boom! Orange carrot. Yes. <laughs> boom! Orange carrot. Oh, is this just going to be you two saying boom, orange carrot each other all afternoon so you can see who gets the last word? No. I thought you'd finished. I thought you'd finished recording. Boom! Yeah. Orange carrot. <laughs>